Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Amen. Well, hello, friends. <laughs> it's so good to be with you. Happy Fourth of July weekend, everybody. We're so glad you're here. I hope you're doing well. Today we are in week number six of this series that we've been calling Heal Our Land. And man, um, this whole series is, is really rooted in this amazing passage in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen that says, if my people... If my people will humble themselves, will pray, and will seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and and I know it's not on the screen, but can you say it with me? And I will heal their land. Man, I don't know if there's another um, verse or a better verse as we not only celebrate our nation in an undoubtedly one of the strangest Fourth of July, as we probably have ever experienced. Um, but this is what the church, the capital C, in this day and age must be about. We must humble ourselves. We must pray. We must seek the face of God. And, and, and we must turn from our wicked ways. And so our great nation right now is desperate and, and, and needs healing. Not only our nation, but the entire world. And uh, humbling, praying, seeking, and repenting, right? If my people will do this, God says, I will hear you from heaven. I will heal your land. And so I don't know about you, but even with all the challenging things that our nation is facing, I still find myself grateful for the land that we live in. You know what I mean? And I, I say I'm that because I'm grateful for the freedoms that we, that we have in the United States. I know we aren't perfect by any stretch, but there are so many incredible things about this place that we call home. And I, uh, I'm grateful, even in this day and age, as we see efforts made by people of all race to try and make this nation a better place to be. And here's what I'm confident of, is that I'm, as I'm a faithful citizen of the kingdom of God, he will make me a person that makes a difference in the nation that I live in as a citizen of this nation, amen? And so that's, that's where we're at. That's why we pray for healing. So this, today's message is called, Let Them Hear. Everyone say, let them hear. I need to hear a little bit more. Everyone say, let them hear. And as we lean into that, I want to take us to Jeremiah chapter 12, verse number 5, a scripture that is a proverbial sort of word to the prophet Jeremiah. This is what it says. If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? <laughs> what the heck is that about, right? Like I said, this verse sounds a little bit like a proverb, and this verse is actually an answer by God to the prophet Jeremiah when Jeremiah basically said to God, how long is it going to take before you help me? Anyone ever had a question like that to God? How long is it going to be before you help me, God? And God answers him with this. He says, listen, Jeremiah, if you had just had a hard-fought race with a group of dudes, a group of men... I don't know if you're quite ready for the horse race. <laughs> no need to sign up for the horse race quite yet, Jeremiah. Now I'm going somewhere with this today and I hope you're ready to go with me. Are you guys ready? Are you all with me? 
All right. See, Jeremiah was frustrated about the sort of uh, world that he was living in, what the people were doing around him. He was sort of had it up to here, if you will, with the people around him and all the problems that needed to be fixed. And so he's reaching out to God and, and he says, Jeremiah, if you can't handle what is in front of you right now, how are you going to handle the things that I'm calling you to in the future? And I think this is, a, this is a, such a strong word for us today because he says, he says, if you can't handle the race that I have marked out for you right now, you're never going to be able to step into the race that I'm calling you into the future. That may be a race that I'm calling you to run with horses. God was preparing Jeremiah for the ministry that, he was, that was coming his way, but first he had a work in, to do in him right now what was right in front of him. Jeremiah had to understand that there was a race God wanted him to master before he can use him to do greater things. How many know that we have to deal with the things that are right in front of us first? Are you with me? Let me say this another way, because I don't know if we're all there quite yet. There is often uh, macro healing and there is often micro healing. Is it possible that we wanna see macro healing so badly that we, that we often neglect the micro healings that God wants to do right in front of us right now. You see, this is one of our problems in our world, right? Even as Christians and in the church is that we wanna experience greatness without ever mastering smallness. Never mind the wrong perspective that sometimes what we see as small is actually really big. But Jeremiah, he's in this place, there's no, there's no need for him to sign up for the horse race quite yet because God had something for him in that moment. Go and master the race you're in first. And I think this is true in so many things in life. I've heard, I've heard, uh, I heard another person say it this way. He says, we have people who want promotion without process, right? We want to get the big jobs without ever having to do the small jobs. There are people I know, not any in this room, by the way, and nobody, of course, watching online. Thanks for watching online, right? <laughs> There's none of you that are like this, but some people want the mountaintop without ever having to make the climb. Am I talking to anybody yet? Are we all together in this yet? I know, I know that this is one of those days that you're like, I don't think I'm going to talk today because I'm maybe wearing a mask. Listen, are you with me today? That's what I'm saying because here's the thing. Practically how this looks is if we start to do something, if it doesn't become big enough fast enough, we often turn our attention to something else and we stop what we were doing and start a new thing hoping that it will become big enough fast enough, but it doesn't do that as like we want to. And so history repeats itself when we start a bunch of things and stop a bunch of things. So we're starting and stopping all the time. Perhaps this is why there's more people changing jobs than ever before in history. Perhaps this is why we start a lot of books but don't finish them. Perhaps this is why we start a lot of new devotional plans but never quite get through them. Perhaps this is why we lean into prayer for a week or two but then we get a little tired and stop praying. We love to start and stop things. And this is so true not only in life but when it comes to our spirituality. It's the classic example of the kid who says, I wanna learn how to play guitar or play piano. Right? So he goes and he starts playing piano. And about six months in, he goes, man, this is hard. I don't want to play piano. I want to play guitar. And so the parents say, sure, we'll sign you up for guitar lessons. Starts guitar lessons about six months in. It's like, man, this is boring. He says, mom, dad, I actually want to be a DJ. 
So the parents are like, well, hey, here's your DJ Sir Mix-a-Lot setup, right? And so he gets that, but then what happens to the DJ Sir Mix-a-Lot setup is it starts collecting dust in the corner, doesn't it? Because we start and stop things all the time. So many people live like this in life, and I think it's the reason we start and stop so many things is because we don't appreciate small beginnings. Zechariah 4.10, you know the verse. It says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. This is difficult in a world that appreciates big breakthroughs, but overlooks small ones. Would you guys agree that that is the world we live in, right? We have a heart's cry, by the way, around here in our church. We've been praying it for a few years. We've been praying, God, we want more of you. And it's a beautiful prayer. It's an honorable prayer. It's one that believes that, hey, God, I know that you're not done with us, and we want to experience more of you. And it's a prayer that some people have seen God answer in different ways, and we're going to keep praying that prayer. However, comma, right, there's an important nuance in the prayer for more. Sometimes God says, you keep asking me for more, but you have yet to master less. You keep asking me for more, but you haven't actually ran the race that I've already called you to. You want to see more power. You want to see God do great things. You want me to answer more of your prayers, but you've yet to celebrate the prayers that I've already answered. I've given you direction, and you haven't actually taken it. You haven't even acknowledged the prayers that I have answered. And so it's this interesting kind of nuance, right? In Matthew 25, Jesus says something. He says, if you are faithful over a few things, I will make you a ruler over many things. It's easy to fall for the trap to want success and to rule over many. Yet many of us haven't been faithful over the few things that God has given us. See, I'm preaching to myself this morning, by the way. And I've, I've been really feeling this tension of me having this moment that we all face. And I have had this conversation with many people. I don't know what to do. I want to do something. What do I do? And I'm like, that's a great question. What do you do? Well, what has God been saying to you? What if you started right there? What is the, what's the simple things that God has put in front of you in this moment, in this time, that you could be faithful with the few things so that God maybe makes you rule over everything? Maybe we have to be faithful in the foot race with men before God calls us to race with horses. Are you with me yet? I think about seven of you are. By the end, we're going to have all 15 of you. <laughs> Just kidding, online. There's 500 here. Um, <laughs> you see, this is not how the world progresses, right? I've had this conviction for years that if we'd actually do the things that God calls us to do today, he will actually have a better tomorrow. You see, if God, it, you know, most of us, so many of us are busy talking about what needs to happen tomorrow, that we're ne neglecting what God is calling us to right now. And this entire last 12, 13 weeks, God has put a, a conviction in my heart that we have to lean into this moment. And I've been saying that, but I'm saying, okay, God, what is that now for me? Because 
for you and me, for the world to progress, um, a lot of times what happens is we think that we want to get promoted, for example, but we must master where we are to get promoted, shouldn't you? You, you progress to where you are going. This obviously makes sense in our careers that we need to grow through the process first, although some people feel like they should be able to skip the process because they feel entitled, but that's not how it works. I think we believe that process is something that marriage really is all about. Too many marriages give up early because they want to see a certain picture of what marriage is that takes years to develop, and they don't understand that the best marriages are the ones that are marinated in experience, time, and devotion. And so let me just throw this out there. Is it possible that this is how God heals that he works through a process of micro healings in order to bring about a macro healing. That it can work with, and if we work with this assumption, which I think it's more than an assumption, I think there's actual, uh, you know, um, verified ideas, theological footing that we can get a hold of here around this thought. But if we run with this thought, perhaps God has a lot, um, a lot of, quote, small things, if you will, for you and me to do in this leg of the race that he may have us run against horses someday, but for now he's like, will you you listen to me? Will you hear what I have to say for this moment? And will you respond to what I am saying about your life right now? We all know that some things in life seem very small, but when you get the right perspective, they're actually not small at all. There's a, one of my favorite stories is in the scriptures in 1 first, in first Kings 18. Uh, it's about another prophet. You know, I mentioned the prophet Jeremiah. There's another prophet, uh, the prophet that, that First Kings 18 is all about, and it's about the prophet Isaiah. And he and the people of God, and it's really interesting if you go through the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, and some in the New, you'll see that the world that people were living in is not that much different than the world we're living in right now meaning there's a lot of challenges, a lot of need for God to heal their land. Well, here they were in 1 Kings 18, and they had been experiencing a severe drought. It had been going on for three years. No rain, no dew. It was the drought of all droughts, right? Here in Oklahoma, we got our local news weather people, you know, Mike Morgan, whatever, you know, all those people telling us that we've been in a drought. Most of you probably don't know that we actually... in recorded Oklahoma history, we've all kind of went through it. 2010 to 2015 was the most extreme drought that Oklahoma has ever experienced, greater than even the Dust Bowl droughts. Yeah, whatever, it wasn't nothing compared to these droughts. Because in our drought, it just means we have less precipitation than we need. In their drought, it meant no rain, no dew at all, an absolute drought for three years. Can you imagine the condition of the land and the people? They were probably going crazy. We're going crazy after about four months of a pandemic that said, hey, you can't go eat in a restaurant. You have to get takeout. (laughs) You know what I mean? Here they were, drought, right? But here in 1 Kings, they're experiencing this. And finally, there's this moment when Elijah hears something about the moment he was in. Verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. It hasn't rained in three years. There's no rain in sight, but he hears what's coming. And because he heard something, he did something. 
Elijah climbed on top of Mount Carmel. Some pronounce it caramel. (laughs) And he bowed low to the ground. And he prayed with his face between his knees. So he's praying now, right? Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked and then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Let me just pause right there. How many of you know that sometimes things that seem really small are actually really big? Are you with me? Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds and a heavy wind brought a terrific, because it's terrific in this sense, right? Three years drought, a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Now, Elijah hears something and it caused him to do something. He tells Ahab, you better get ready. The rain is coming. The healing is coming. God is on the move. And I wonder how many times we hear something and we're too afraid to do something, too afraid to tell others, too afraid to take action. Most of us not only need to hear it, we need to see it, smell it, taste it, touch it before we say it. Are you with me? I wonder how many small things God has whispered to us that sounded crazy and instead of it causing us to do something, we decided to just think, uh, it's just our imagination. Elijah did something because he heard something. What did he do? Well, he tells Ahab to go get ready. Then he starts praying about what he heard. And it tells the servant, hey, I want you to go out to the sea and see if you see any rain coming. And the servant says, comes back and says, no, man, there's nothing, boss. Nothing's coming. He says, all right, I'm going to keep praying. Now I want you to go back. You see anything? No, boss, I don't see anything. Nothing's coming. Okay, I'm going to keep praying. And I want you to go back. You see anything? No, boss, I don't see anything. He does this seven times. He does this seven times. Most of us, by the time we get to the seventh time, probably before we even get there, we're doubting what we heard because we're not seeing any visible evidence to back up what we've heard, so we stop praying. But here is Elijah, he keeps praying, he keeps sending his servant back to go and see if he can see what he's heard about. And finally, the smallest little glimmer of hope, right? Because most of us, though, we have the moment When it gets a little hard, we give up on the piano and say, well, maybe I should try guitar. There's some moments that require leaning in to what we hear, holding on and believing for healing. I'm convinced that so many of us don't see, including myself at many times in my life, do not see the physical or spiritual or all types of healing that we really need to see in our life or in the lives of those around us. We don't see them because we don't hold on to the thought long enough that God can heal this situation. We don't hold on, hold on to it long enough. And, that, and as, a, as a result, we don't pray it through to completion. Now, the story of Elijah is not done, and I love this part of the story. Are you ready? Because this is crazy. This is crazy. Before I read the next verse, you need to know something else about Elijah. So Elijah had had all sorts of problems, sort of like Jeremiah did with all the people around him. 
and he was dealing with people that were all sorts of messed up. If you know uh, the story of Elijah, just read Elijah, or 1 Kings 17 and 18 and have fun with it. But re- remember how God told Jeremiah, he said, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses, right? Well, such a nice little proverb for, for Jeremiah, but God, I don't know if he was being metaphorical because I think he's done it before. He's like, Jeremiah, I actually did this very thing with Elijah. And he, leaned, he learned how to run his race with men so that he could run with horses. Check this out, verse 46. So I just read, right, he sends Ahab ahead to Jezreel. And then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. And he tucked his cloak into his belt, which I love that moment. <laughs> and he ran ahead of Ahab's chariot. What pulls a chariot? Horses, right? All the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, I've done a little bit of study on this verse. I've done a little bit of a crazy, I've read it multiple times. I said, is this really what I think it's saying? And it is actually what I think. And by the way, this is like a 16, 17 mile run. And Ahab left before Elijah in a horse-drawn chariot to try and make it back to town before the rain. Elijah was given a special strength by God, and he ran and not only caught up with the horses, but he ran past the horses. (laughs) I love the Bible. I mean, it's so good. You see, if there is a guy who didn't despise humble beginnings, it was this guy, Elijah. If there was a guy who was willing to humble himself to pray and to seek the face of God, it was this guy, Elijah. If there was a guy willing to pray, pay the price to see God break through, it was Elijah. He, Elijah's story in the scriptures begins in the weirdest of ways. I mean, he's so weird. He hears God tell him, once again, he hears him, hey, I want you to go down and by the river, by the stream, I want you to set up a camp there, and I want you to wait there. Don't worry, I will bring you food, but I will bring it by way of bird. (laughs) And he says, I'm going to send ravens, and they're going to bring bread and meat to you every morning and night. You know, if God told me that, I would say, excuse me, like, what? birds are going to feed me out of their beaks? I mean, I'm saying, God, I've been eating better than this my entire life. I don't need to go eat out of the mouths of birds. You know what I mean? Like I've been eating and drinking better than my entire life. Why would I go and do this? I I don't know if I would humble myself in that moment to actually do the thing that God put in front of me right then. In fact, I might, I might not have the humility to do it yet. Elijah did. He did the small thing that he heard God tell him to do. Then later God gave him the special strength to run and win against horses. Do you ever wonder if the humble things we feel led to do are the spirit-led whispers of God for a greater purpose. You see, I cringe at the thought, stay with me on this, stay with me. I cringe at the thought of how many humble beginnings I've squashed under my foot. I shudder at the thought of how many spirit-led oak trees God has called me to plant that I've mowed over stepped on, ignored, and I wasn't willing, my, willing to humble myself enough to allow the process of an oak tree growing and coming to life because I despise the humble beginnings. You're like, what, where are we going? What does this mean? 
You see, I'll close with this. Um, today's message is called Let Them Hear. Elijah heard the sound of rain coming. In Revelation chapter 3, at the end of the seven letters that Jesus wrote to the church, I, I mentioned these letters last week we, about, and kind of mentioned, wouldn't it be amazing to get a letter from Jesus to tell us about our church? I, I sent a survey out this week, and I'm just kind of curious if that's sort of his letter to us. I don't know, I'm just kidding, that was a joke. Um, um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so he wraps up these letters with this line that says, um, check this out. This is Jesus, right? Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. Picture this. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Then he goes on in verse 22. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, Jesus is the only one in the Bible that uses that phrase, whoever has ears, let them hear. And he uses it a lot. You, you see him say something to that effect throughout the New Testament. And I think Jesus knows that some are gonna hear and some are not gonna hear. So he says it over and over again to hopefully catch some people that weren't paying attention, that weren't hearing. And he says, whoever has ears, let them hear. What the Spirit says to the churches and I'm telling all of us right now, it's time to listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. It's time for us to actually hear what he's saying instead of asking everybody else what to do. We live in a time when we are going through some days of unprecedented noise, a time where the world is crying out. And if the people of God do not hear the voice of God, we will miss the healing that we so desperately want to see. Elijah heard what was coming before he saw anything. You understand that? And I'm convinced that we will hear a collection of probably a lot of small things. And I just am convinced in my own life that I know that the macro healing we all want to see will certainly be accompanied by a lot of micro healings. And so how do I hear him for the small things as well as the big things? Well, there are two primary types of listening. And, and a lot of you know this, but the first type of listening is just listening to God's word. He's already said a lot, and sometimes we just don't actually listen to what he's already said. So what if we actually read the scriptures and just listened to the word and said, wow, okay, like maybe this is who I should go and try and become. But the other type of listening is, of course, through prayer and through through meditation and solitude. And when we listen like that, it's, it's usually not an audible voice we hear and it's sometimes hard to discern, but the more we try and listen to the voice of God and listen to our heart and what he's saying to us, the more we practice that, the better we are at uh, discerning and hearing his voice. And what I've found is that a lot of us have started and stopped that and we've never started and, and actually pushed through to that to actually have confidence about the things that God is saying. You know, we are all in different sections of our race. Some of us are at the beginning or near the beginning of our race. Can I just say to you, don't despise small beginnings. Don't try and skip ahead. 
Don't try and be like the person and try and run with the person who's been running for 25 years. Learn from that person, honor that person. But don't act like you should be one of them quite yet. That's a hard word to hear sometimes, to humble ourselves. And if you've been in the race a while, well, listen to this. God wants you to use you to run that race that maybe very few of us can. That you're supposed to run a leg in this race that very few of us can run. You may have a race to run against some horses. Are you with me? You know, I was thinking about Stephen over here playing guitar. <laughs> and that guitar, when it sits by itself, the potential of that guitar is pretty phenomenal, isn't it? What can be made of that guitar? I don't know if you know this, but I can play guitar. <laughs> I led worship for a few years. That's how I cut my teeth in ministry, right? I learned some chords, I learned some rhythm. I let every move I make many times. But here's the truth, I'm not that great a guitar. I'm just not. I can, I can get by with certain songs, but I'm not that great. You see, the potential of the guitar is often dependent on the person who plays it. And see, the person who plays it, like Stephen, who's put a lot more time and energy and effort and work into it, can bring more out of it. There are some of us that can run a race right now in this moment that is, looks different than other people's races, and it's because God has readied you for this moment. God has prepared you for this moment. And so don't sit back and run with men when God's called you to run with horses. But don't despise humble beginnings. Do you see what I'm saying? We all have a leg in the race, and it's not someone else's to run. Your job is the relentless pursuit of God, who God has created you to be. And sometimes we think, well, my part in this process isn't all that much. And I would just challenge the notion to say that the things that we see as small often aren't all that small. Because when Elijah saw, when his, when his servant finally saw the sign of the visible, tangible thing of rain coming, it was the size of a man's hand. It was small. But then a terrible, terrific storm came pounding down on the land, healing the land. Some of you are in a leg in the race that only you can run. God has prepared you, developed you. You've put the work in. Don't neglect the race that you have just because it's different and may require more of you than the person next to you. He's readied you for it. I want to ask you to bow your heads. I want to help us respond to this today. certainly one of these messages that like what do I grab a hold of what do I what do I take from this and that's where I would say start listening start listening if he's asking you to humble yourself will you do it 
Elijah humbled himself by that river eating food brought to him by birds. If he's calling you to pray, will you keep praying? Elijah heard healing was coming and he began to pray and it wasn't until that seventh time that he saw a tiny visible evidence. Just keep your heads bowed. I just wanna, I just wanna talk and then I wanna, I wanna give you just a time to respond. It could be said that God's micro healing will be preceded by people who are faithful in the small things so that he can make us ruler over many things. And here's the thing about God's rule. God's rule and his power always means restoration, always means healing. And so we must be faithful in the little things in order to see his rule and his power and his healing. So I wanna challenge you. Get your mind focused on praying and listening. You see, Elijah heard something before he saw something. But when he heard something, he actually did something before he saw something. I mentioned earlier that I've heard a lot of people say, I wanna do something in this moment, but I don't know what to do. Well, I would just say to you simply this, it's time to listen. Whoever has ears, let them hear. God, we just pray that we keep asking you for more, but not at the expense of mastering less. God, give us ears to hear for this moment. May we be faithful to what you've called us to right now. Not putting it off till tomorrow and certainly not prioritizing tomorrow over today. I pray we're ready to listen what you have for us in this race, this leg of our, of our, of our journey, the person you've called us to be. In fact, right now, why don't you just allow God to just speak to your heart? And I'm, I'm sitting here talking about having ears to hear. If there is something that God's already spoken to you or something that you just want to say, God, what do you want to speak to me today? I just want to give you just a little bit of time to hear him. So I'm going to quit talking and I'm just going to create a little bit of space for you to hear. And the question is this, God, what do you want to say to me today? What do you want me to grab a hold of? What do you want me to remember? I'm just going to give you just a little bit of time to ask that question and listen right now. Father, we believe that if we're 
faithful in the small things. You will make us rule over many things. And Father, what we mean by that is that if we'll actually do the things that you've called us to do today, we will have a better tomorrow. We pray that over our nation. We pray that over this land and our world. We pray that over our lives and our families. I pray for each and every person in here. And this, I just want you to receive prayer right now. I pray for each and every person in here right now, Father, that you would start speaking into their life and that you would give them ears to hear. That, Father, that they would start hearing things they've never heard. I pray that over any person today that's, that's connected through, through the ways that we're giving this message, that they would hear this today and receive this prayer, that, Lord, you would give them ears to hear like they've never had, that they would discern your voice, and that, Father, when they hear something, they would go and do something. And so, Father, I pray that over each and every person that this message is for us, no matter what leg of the race we're in, that, Father, we're going to go and do what you've called us to do, whether that be humble beginnings or whether that be the call of our life that we have been building to. And this is the moment for us to receive your strength, tuck the cloak into our belt and run with the horses you've called us to run with. I pray, Father, over each and every person in this room that, Lord, you would, you would just put inside of them, you would deposit it in them, this relentless pursuit of who you've created them to be, that, Father, it would, it would consume us, it would drive us forward, not only so that we can be faithful citizens of the kingdom of heaven, but that, Father, you would use our faithfulness to bring about healing in this land. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com. Dot com.